You need to watch WandaVision. That's what you need to do. I know. I've heard only amazing things. So. It's fucking awesome. And if you haven't been spoiled uh, for any of it, then you're going to enjoy it that much more. Yeah, I really know, like, I have actually avoided spoilers, so I really know, like, next to nothing about... Excellent, because they drop a big spoiler, and then they kind of run it back. The things that they... I have many theories that I want to go over with you, but you haven't watched it yet, so when you watch it, then we can talk theories, because I have some serious theories that mostly make sense. I might start it tonight, and then... I don't. I mean, I don't have anything else to watch right now, so I might start it tonight, and I'll have a... Uh... I have to work for the next three days, but then after that I'm off four days again, so I can just binge the shit out of it. I'm Evan. I love movies, and you should too. And guess what? We're finally back. Yay! Yay. <laughs> we took a long vacation, mental health vacation, but the show is back. We're going to roll with it. I tell you, listeners, I'm going to do my best to roll with it and fight what's going on right now. It's just a lot of things. New position at work. Snow. COVID. So much snow, man. So much snow. Like to, We're getting more snow. Like We're getting like one to three inches tomorrow, and then like Tuesday, we might get like a foot. I opened my weather app today, and I just saw like all snowflakes in the, in the week forecast, and I'm like, god damn it, man. It's the new thing now. We don't get snow in like November and December anymore. It all just sh- decides to show up in January and February and March, and it snows until, like, May. Or we get no snow at all and barely any snow, like last year. I, sa- I literally said, like, a month ago, I was like, man, we haven't had any fucking snow. This is not a good sign. <laughs> no, it's never a good sign when we're nearing the middle of February and we're like, we haven't had any snow yet because Mother Nature's like, oh, you got- I forgot about you guys. Here's a foot of Don't snow. Worry. <laughs> Don't worry. I got Hold you. Hold my fucking beer. So, yeah, we're doing a podcast right now, people, and uh, Zimmy's back, so hi. Hi. This is your fourth including the patreon episode which you all should go listen to because it i honestly think it might be the best episode of the show on dr sleep because we go some deep into dr sleep but yeah this is a fourth episode you've been on yeah and first episode in season two and i'm sure you're probably gonna you'll probably come back like three more times probably we'll see (laughs) yeah we'll figure out if there's like a movie we really want to talk about which there could be a few and there might be some new ones too Tonight, we are talking about Asgard, Loki, comic books, and superheroes, and the strongest Avenger. Strongest Avenger. Ladies and gentlemen, we are finally dipping our feet into the MCU. Tonight, we cover Thor Ragnarok. So much has happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer. Like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. And then I went on a journey of self-discovery. Where I met you. Where are we? 
You have no idea. Hello, the goddess of death has invaded Asgard. Oh, I've missed this. And you and I had a fight recently. Did I win? No, I won easily. Doesn't sound right. Well, that's true. Asgard is dead. And it'll be reborn in my image. I thought you'd be glad to see me. I need to stop her here and now. To prevent Ragnarok, the end of everything. So I'm putting together a team. Like the old days. Surprise! This will be such fun. Hello. Hi. He's a fighter. Here we go. Yeah. I'm not a queen or a monster. I'm the goddess of death. What were you the god of again? Same, you and I. Just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yeah, same. Hulk like fire, mm. Thor like water. Well, kind of both like fire. But Hulk like raging fire, Thor like smoldering fire. <laughs> so this is season two now, so I'm expecting all of you to have seen this movie, and if you haven't, you know what to do. Stop. Go watch it and then come back. Not going to sugarcoat anything anymore. If I'm talking about something, you better know it. If you don't know it, Google it because you know what? This is a movie nerd podcast and we're just going to straight up nerd out. If you're spoiling MCU movies at this point, I don't know, man. If you're not watching MCU movies at this point, what are you doing with your life? Honestly, (laughs) what are you watching then? I, I don't know what you're watching. Like, I don't get it. There's really nothing else. I mean, you can go back and watch stuff. I've been watching, like, old school stuff. But then I will sprinkle in, like, I'll watch a horror movie. And then I'll watch, like, a crime noir. noir, And then I'll watch, like, a 70s film. And then sprinkle in between. I'll put in an MCU movie. Like, last week or the week before, I watched Captain Marvel again, which I freaking love. They all, like, stand alone very well, too, and you don't necessarily have to watch them in order if you've never seen them, so, like, you can just pick whatever ones seem cool and then go back and watch the other ones. Like, it's not that important to see them consecutively. I think there's one movie you would want to see others before, and that's Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the ending of the of the arc, you probably want to hold off on and watch in order, but everything else kind of doesn't matter as much. I mean, Endgame, they kind of bring you up to speed, so you don't really have to watch everything. But if you really want to get the full impact of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you should watch a few movies before you watch Infinity War. That movie's going to break your heart. Dude, we cried. (laughs) We cried a lot. We went to see that together and fucking cried. Cried so much i just remember like sitting there with my face in my hands just like sobbing staring at the screen and the whole theater was silent (laughs) dumbfounded like somebody dropped a bomb in the room and it sucked out all the air and people are just going what just happened where did my superheroes go like that's how much 
the world loves the MCU is people were crying because superheroes died. And they didn't even. I know, we knew they were coming back. Well, most of them didn't. A few did. Well, technically, not really, because WandaVision. True. They haven't explained it at all, how he's back. We're getting close, and they better get close, because we only have three episodes left of this show. And then there's a week off, and then (laughs) Falcon and Winter Soldier starts. And I'm pretty sure Falcon and Winter Soldier leads into Loki in May. I'm very ready for Loki. Loki looks cool. It looks like he definitely becomes President Loki, which is, I really like President Loki and the arc it was in the comic book. So I'm pretty stoked for that, even though I'm not a huge fan of Tom Hiddleston. I think his Loki is good. Just outside of Loki, I've not really, like, connected with him. I don't know that I've seen him in a whole lot else. I've seen him in a few things. I did enjoy Kong Skull Island, but not mainly because of him. Mostly because of Kong and Samuel Jackson's a badass. Loki's just such a fun character. He's very appealing. Yes. I would say on this, he's very much like, yeah, like a low-rent Deadpool. Because he does many things that Deadpool does, but Deadpool's more of a hero than he is. Loki still has hero moments. Yes, he's a very gray character. Yeah, you can't really call him an anti-hero. You can't really call him a villain. You can't really call him a hero. He just is there for himself. Yes. the In Ragnarok especially, he's so fucking funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just going to say, he's so Loki in this, but he really is. He really is. He's very, very trickster. Just hilarious. The whole movie is hilarious. And it's probably like the least valuable movie in the whole series. But it's so good. <laughs> Do you mean like story-wise least valuable? Because I think the way it comes out, the way it is as a film, it's one of the most valuable films. It's not the most, but it's one of. Yeah, I mean, as far as the story goes, and like I've said this before, in the grand scheme of the story, the only thing important that happens in Ragnarok is them getting on the ship at the end. Because that leads into the beginning of the other movies. Nothing else that happens in this movie really ultimately matters all that much. Like, True. This is a big time standalone movie. Well, and getting Hulk. Getting Hulk matters. There, there's another thing. I'm going to go through the numbers and then we'll, we'll just get into those three. Came out November 3rd of 2017. I believe it actually got moved. I would check my notes, but I, I'm not sure. Put it in my notes. You know, of course, it's an MC movie, MCU movie, so it was a box office smash made. 315 million in domestic, uh, 535 international for a total of 850 million worldwide. So this might be the biggest money-making movie that the show has covered so far. We're going to cover other ones. This is probably, as money-wise, I think, I don't even think GoldenEye made that much. I doubt it. And it is uh, directed by Taika Waititi. And if you don't know Taika, I'm not explaining things anymore. Taika, this is what we do in the shadows. Jojo Rabbit, the man is a comedic genius. He's such a gift. And he's got an Oscar. He's wonderful. He really is a gift. And it's written by Eric Pearson, Craig Kyle, and Christopher Yost, who are all MCU kind of mainstays. Eric Pearson wrote Black Widow. And actually, he wrote Godzilla vs. Kong. So I think that's kind of interesting. Interesting. Craig Kyle is a producer on multiple Marvel movies, including the original Thor and the Dark World. 
Christopher Yost has written for The Mandalorian and Thor The Dark World. Have you watched The Mandalorian? I saw like the first two or three episodes and I never ended up continuing to watch it. I should. I did the same thing. I watched the first three episodes. I was going to go back to it, but then that stupid bitch started talking and I'm like, I'm not supporting a show that has this person in the cast of it. And now she's gone and we can all party. It's a happy day, but I'm not sure if I'll go back to it just because I don't want to watch the episodes that she's in. She can't act for save her life. And she's a horrible fucking human being. I also, I know this is maybe blasphemous and I'll lose my nerd card or whatever, but like I enjoy Star Wars. I'm just not, I'm not a huge fangirl about Star Wars. I like it. I've seen all the movies except for one. I'm just not that into it, I guess. Can I guess what one you haven't seen? The only one that you don't ever just need to see anyway. <laughs> Are we talking about Rise of Skywalker? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You really don't need to see it. It's a rush job. They should have let Ryan Johnson continue what he was doing from The Last Jedi because, honestly, outside of Empire, as an overall film, The Last Jedi is the best. And it's just a retread of shit from Force Awakens, and we already had The Force Awakens. The, my one complaint about the new movies is like kylo ren, i mean this is probably a conversation for a different day but kylo ren and ray just felt like so forced it was super rushed and super forced and like okay we all appreciate the sexual tension involving kylo ren but like it didn't feel good watching it it didn't feel natural he has better chemistry in these three films with general hux honestly <laughs> Like, I would have watched the movie with them two. One, because I love uh, Domino Gleason. and I think he is a handsome, handsome man. And we all know Adam Driver is, woo, Adam Driver. Mm, Adam Driver. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen all of those things when John Oliver talks about Adam Driver? I have. Those are hilarious. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, same, buddy. <laughs> I can't argue with anything you're saying. He's like, I will climb you like a tree, you freakishly large man. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. The cast, we've, it's a Thor movie, so Thor's back, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston's back as Loki, uh, Kate Blanchett is Hela, their sister. It would be Thor's full sis blood sister, but Loki's half-sister. Idris Elba is back as Hemdall. We have the immaculate and legendary Jeff Goldblum playing the Grand Master. Carl Urban. I forgot what Carl Urban's character's name is, but I like him. Scourge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Carl Urban as Scourge. And I'm upset. We're, okay, I'm just going to spoil it right now. We're spoiling the hell out of this movie, so if you haven't seen it, you know what to do. I wish they didn't kill him off, but he got a good death. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what other part he would have played in the future. He could have played a small part in, like, random Avengers movies or showed up in random Thor movies because we're getting another one. I think it would have been nice, but it's Carl Urban, and I think he's now, like, too big. Yeah. Not to be, but to be doing multiple movies because he's on The Boys. There's still rumors that we might get a Dread sequel, which would be super cool because his Dread movie is fucking awesome. But I would really would have liked him to come back but he had a good re redemption arc and a, and a good death rounding out the cast mark ruffalo as bruce banner aka the hulk anthony hopkins is back as odin 
Benjamin, uh, Benjamin, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch in a quick cameo as Doctor Strange. And then the round out the rest of the class, Taika Waititi is in this. Clancy Brown is the voice of Surtur. Ray Stevenson and Zach Levy, Zachary Levi, excuse me, play the um, the Warriors Three, who get murdered in like three seconds of being on screen. And I was like, why? They should have gotten better. I know it was a big movie already. I mean, look at the cast already who's in it, but at least give them a better depth, or at least send them somewhere where they can come back. Yeah, that was very, very quick. Because you played their deaths basically for a joke. At least we're getting for, I believe, that Lady Sith Lady Sif is coming back for Thor 4. So at least one of them will be back. Well, that's good. And then last but not least, two very, very cool cameos in a play about Thor and Odin and Loki. Sam Neill and Matt Damon. That fucking play. Thor Odinson. Thunder. You can put down the umbrella. So Earth has uh, wizards now. Preferred term is master of the mystic arts. You can leave that now. All right, wizard. Who are you? Why should I care? My name is Dr. Stephen Strange, and I have some questions for you. Take a seat. Tea? I don't drink tea. Well, what do you drink? Not tea. So I keep a watch list of individuals and beings from other realms that may be a threat to this world. Your adoptive brother, Loki, is one of those beings. It's a worthy inclusion. Yeah. Why bring him here? We're looking for my father. Uh, Chris Hemsworth was actually the one who asked uh, Matt Damon to be in the movie. He's like, I'm friends with Matt Damon. He'll come in for a day and shoot. And he did. He would. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Matt Damon is the one connective tissue between both MCU and the Fox Marvel Universe because he has a cameo in this and he also has a cameo in Deadpool 2. It's so wild that he's the connection. <laughs> like, how completely random. I think it would be somebody else, but no, it's Matt Damon. Outside of, like, Stan Lee, it's, it's Matt Damon. Stan's cameo is funny as hell in this, too. This whole movie is just... The whole movie is one big meme, and I think that's why I love it. It really is. One big running joke, and it's great. It's definitely still the funniest MCU movie. Now now that I get, went through the cast, now I want to go back. The three reasons why this movie is actually important... Well, four, I think, is the one you said already, to get them on the ship, Hulk... I think the third one is Loki picking up the Tesseract. Oh, yeah. Because without him picking up the Tesseract, he doesn't die on the ship in Infinity War. And 
how are you going to explain Thanos getting the Tesseract if it was destroyed on Asgard? And then the fourth reason I think this is one of the most important MCU movies, because even though it plays out very much like an MCU movie where hero loses thing, gets sent somewhere, has to team up with a friend, co-worker. He's a co-worker. He's a co-worker. I know him from work. He's a friend from work. And then has to have redemption arc and redeems other characters. And then they fight big bad. And they win, technically. The film is still different than any other MCU film before it. And probably after it. Because of the way Taika shoots it. Like, a lot of it was ad-libbed. I know a lot of jokes were put in by Taika probably on set. They don't say it in any of the notes I went through. But I know that a lot of those jokes were definitely coming from Taika because this is the most raunchy MCU movie. There's like masturbation jokes. There's cum jokes. It gets a little gross. And I'm like, wow. So MCU, you're pulling no punches on this one. It feels very Taika. Like you can tell that it's one of his movies. Yeah. If you've seen what we do in the shadows, then you know exactly his style. And this is almost all him. So that's why I think it's really important because if it didn't do well, I really don't think the MCU would have branched out the way they did afterwards. I think it's this the leader that in the MCU for us to get Black Panther, which I believe is still the most important MCU movie, no questions asked. But I think without Thor doing well and becoming like, even though it's a huge hit, it's like a cult hit. Like if you don't, if you're not a fan of the MCU, you're probably a fan of Ragnarok. So I think it's important that way that it, it was different because it's basically an adventure comedy. It's not an action movie like the rest of them are. It's an 80s adventure sci-fi action comedy. It doesn't even feel like super superhero movie. They happen to be superheroes, but that's like almost not a, even really a point to it. And I think that's all Taika because they were going to have... Alan Taylor, who directed The Dark World back, he's one of the directors, one of the good directors from Game of Thrones, but he didn't want to come back. Production got bogged down, and then they offered it to Taika first, but then they were also going to offer it to three other directors, which are interesting. First one was Ruben Fleischer, who's directed Zombieland and Venom. He got his Marvel movie, Venom. We stand on this podcast because I love Venom. I don't give a shit what any of you motherfuckers say. Venom is so much goddamn fun. I liked Venom. We went to see it. I thought it was like a little bit slow at times, but overall it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It felt like it was, it should have been in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man universe, not like the MCU. It did. It had that vibe to it. But I still, I love it so much. Like it's one of my... If you're going to ask me, like, favorite Marvel films, like, actual favorite Marvel films, Venom's in my top five. That's how much I love it. That's fair. And I know people are probably going to lose their shit over that. I'm like, I don't fucking care. It's so much fun. When Tom Hardy gets Venom, the movie just gets so good. And I'm so angry. I want the second one. It's done. It was supposed to come out in October. They moved it a year. They're probably going to move it again. I'm pretty sure everything is done. All they have to do is, like, send the file. 
and it was directed by um oh he does motion capture andy circus and woody harrelson is playing carnage i'm like give me this movie now i can't wait yeah, the, fel- the, the the only thing that I had a problem with in the first one is I, I felt like it like took us too long to get to the point of him having Venom. The beginning part of the movie kind of dragged out a little bit and probably could have been shortened, but it was good. I wish they had given just, they had two really good actors in the movie, and I wish they had given them like deeper parts. Like Riz Ahmed is an incredible actor. Have you uh, heard of the Sound of Metal? Heard of, yeah. He's fantastic in it. It's about this drummer of a band who is losing his hearing and how it affects his life and his music. It's really fucking good. It's on Amazon if you decide you want to take a look at it. And I love Jenny Slate. I wish Jenny Slate had a better part and also not been killed off so easily. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And the way she says symbiote is uh, hilarious to me because she, she says like symbiote. I think that's how she says it. She, like, enunciates every letter, like, <laughs> really weirdly. It's like symbiote. It's not that hard. The other two directors were Rob Letterman, who directed the directed the Detective Pikachu movie and Goosebumps. And then Rawson Marshall Thumbler, who directed Dodgeball, Weird the Millers, and Central Intelligence. So they were really looking for, like, a comedic director. Oh, obviously. For this, they were definitely looking to change it up because the first two Thor movies, they're not good. Nah, not really. The first one's fine, I guess. I think the first one is decent. I really like the like later representations of Thor versus the earlier representations of Thor. I'm a big fan of like Thor as that dad that's trying really hard to be hip and just like isn't quite isn't quite there. Like <laughs> That's a perfect example. He really is that guy. The first two Thor movies, he... I can't speak today. He seems stiff. He does. He... And Chris Hemsworth especially, like, definitely is doing... He seems like he's fitting it better now than he did then. He's having more fun with the character, which is what he needed to do. It was too dour, and he was too much, like... I hate to say it, but he was too much like part of Zack Snyder's Superman, even though I love Zack Snyder's Superman and I love Man of Steel. He was too much of that. It was too sobby, needy Thor. I'm, And especially the first one, he has this big ego and then he has to get his shit kicked in for him to realize, oh, I can be better. I don't know. I just don't I don't like the character that much in the earlier movies. I think the movie that helped him get over the hump and be the Thor that we love now. I think it was Ultron because he gets to have a little more fun with the character in Ultron. And that leads to, yeah, he doesn't show up again until after Ultron. He doesn't show up again until this. It was Ultron because there's that, that whole party sequence before Ultron wakes up. He gets to be the Thor that we know now. Yeah, and he's just so good at it. Like, I I just assume that that's, like, his personality in real life because it, like, suits him so well. Watching movies outside of Thor, he's a good actor and he's really funny. He is. And I think that's what Thou Shall Not Be Named let him do in Ultron was be a little more himself and let him be funny. Thor is kind of funny if you think about it. He's the god of thunder from another world and he's on earth 
working with superheroes. That's just ridiculous. Right. Like, just just the setup of the character as a character is so stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, man comes to Earth, has no idea what the fuck's going on because he's from another planet and, like, he's a god. And so, like, him being on Earth and just being a you know, part of the group is, like, so absurd you have to make it funny. You can't make it serious because then you end up with like the weird ego thing that he had in the beginning. And like he still has an ego now in the later movies, but like in a funny way, not like in a weird, you know, I'm the greatest kind of way. Like, I, I just think the setup for the character fits him being funny better than it does fit him being like this weird, stoic, stiff. Yeah, I don't know. Feige explained that they wanted to do something different with Thor, and I think they were already working on that. And they decided they were initially going to bring in Loki, Hela, Valkyrie, who were all in the film. But then they were also going to bring in Balder and Beta Ray Bill. And that would have been really, really cool because I'm a fan of Beta Ray Bill. And he's in the movie. It's just a blink and you miss it on the Grandmaster's like giant hall wall thingy like mount rushmore thingy beta ray bill is right there i don't remember who the other two are along with him and hulk but beta ray bill's face is there so he is a part of the mcu we just haven't seen him yet and i'm really hoping he shows up in thor 4 yeah that would be cool i know it's it's gonna take a lot i'm not sure if they're gonna do him entirely cgi or if they're gonna do him like a mix i think they could do him like a mix like they do um like nebula and mantis for guardians they could do a mix like makeup and then just enhance it with uh cgi but i really do i'm really he's one of the characters i really want to see in thor 4 i'm kind of excited for thor 4 I'm excited. I'm happy that Nellie Portman is now happy with the MCU and she wants to come back because I adore Jane Foster as Thor. When Jane Foster is Thor in the comic books, she's fucking awesome! Yeah, and you kind of, like, need her there. Yeah, you have to. Like, they're bringing everybody back. You gotta bring her back, especially if they're going for a type of story that I think they're going for, where he doesn't have his hammer anymore, but he basically becomes unworthy and then... He becomes worthy, but when he's unworthy, she becomes worthy. So I'm I'm wondering the how they're gonna play that out. Right. Especially now that he's gonna be in space and we've already seen set photos that half of the Guardians are in the movie. I am so excited. I just want Guardians and Thor. I just think that's such a fucking hilarious combination of characters. <laughs> like My only thing was if they could re recast Star Lord, but I know they're not going to. They're not going to, and I hate that I hate Chris Pratt. I know. We all should not hate Chris Pratt. We all should love Chris Pratt. Right. I don't want to hate him because everything he's in, he's so funny. I haven't, I've, there's never been anything I've seen him in that I have not enjoyed him. And then, in real life, kind of a trash person. Giant piece of junk. It's going to be fun. There's going to be so many characters... I don't know how they're connecting the story this time. Just Thor in space with the Guardians is just going to be awesome. We got peak of it in Infinity War, and it definitely calls for more. And we're getting more, so at least they're you know they're listening to the fans, but they're not going away from what makes it a good movie and a good series. I, I liked everything about them being together. It was all just so funny. 
And I like that what I've heard is that Tyka's actually asked James Gunn, had him consult about the Guardians being in the MCU, which is cool. I don't like James Gunn at all. I think he's an, also another trash person. But I like that all the directors are friendly with each other and they're consulting with other directors about, you know, how to do certain things, maybe how to shoot scenes, how to get the characters right in the other movies. So that's good. That means there's a big cohesive together. So they're keeping things, keeping in continuity as well as they can. Right. You want that. You want that continuity to continue. Yeah, because you don't want to mess it up like they did with Spider-Man because we still have to figure that one out. Yeah. Yeah, they say it's eight years, but it doesn't fit Spider-Man Homecoming. It's like eight years, but it doesn't fit the timeline at all. They almost messed it up in this one, too. I'm pretty sure they got it right, but I don't think they, they actually say it. So Ragnarok takes place four years after Dark World and two years after Ultron. And it's around the same time as Captain America, Civil War, and Homecoming. But they don't actually say that. You just have to kind of figure that out. I think at one point they mentioned how long Thor Hulk has been gone. Yeah, Hulk's been gone for two years. So that would make sense of for Ultron because it's two years after Ultron. Yeah, I think that's the only like real reference they make to where it sits in the timeline. But I do remember them saying like, oh, he's been he's been gone for two years or something. If I'm going to die, well, it may as well be driving my sword through the heart of that murderous hag. Good. Yeah. So I'm saying that I want to be on the team. Has it got a name? It's, yeah, it's called the Re Revengers. Revengers? Because I'm getting revenge. You're getting revenge, and you're, do you, do you, do you, what do you, you want revenge? I, um, I'm, I'm just undecided. Okay. Also, I've got a peace offering. Surprise! Ow. Sad to be sure. Hello, Bruce. So? Last time I saw you, you were trying to kill everybody. Where are you at these days? It varies from moment to moment. Is that a dragon fan? It is. My god. Is the famed sword of the Valkyrie. So, Sakaar and Asgard are about as far apart as any two known systems. Our best bet is a wormhole just outside of city limits. If you're on Zandon, we can be back in Asgard in 18 months. Nope. We are going through the big one. The devil's anus? Anus? Wait, 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 who's Anus? For the record, I didn't know it was called that when I picked it. That looks like a collapsing neutron star inside of an Einstein-Rosen bridge. We need another ship that will tear mine to pieces. She's right. We need one that can withstand the geodetic strain from the singularity. And has an offline power steering system that could also function without the onboard computer. And we need one with cup holders because we're going to die, so... Trains! Do I know you? I, I feel like I've known you. I feel like I know you, too. It's weird. And technically, it's the first, it's the, because of the ending, it's the start of the Infinity War. Because it, it literally, the Infinity War picks up, like, almost right after. And they explain in the um, film that gauntlet that Odin had was a fake, because there's that scene where Hela is walking through the um, Odin's, like, treasure ch chest, mm -hmm. and she pushes over the gauntlet, it's like, fake. She looks at the Tesseract, and she goes... Well, that's interesting. And then she's looking for the flame to reignite her soldiers. She's so good in this. I really hope they bring her back. Everybody was so good in this. 
And I just love, it's a lot of my like favorite characters in the universe also. Like Thor, hilarious. Strange, it, he's in the movie for like almost no time. Still fantastic. Banner, fantastic. And then add in, you get Hela, who's a great villain. I think she's one of the best. You get the goofiness of Scourge with Carl Urban. You add in the amazing uh, Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. And then to top it all off, we get Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. It, Valkyrie, the true queen. Why can't they just come out and say she she's queer? Why? We know it. It's obvious in the movie, but you know what? She's our lord and savior, Valkyrie. She is. She's a great like pairing to Thor. She's a great person to play off of him because she's just like a very different personality and it's really funny to like watch their interactions. She just doesn't give a fuck and he's all yeah. like the serious I need to we need to save this, you need to help me and he's like she's like I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let it burn. I've been there, done it. I ain't fighting that bitch again. Yeah, she's like we're we're not going to do that. I'm going to drink, blow something up, I guess. I don't know. Have fun storming the castle. I didn't realize it until I watched it, the recent viewing. She always calls him your majesty. She never calls him Thor. Yeah, she does. She calls him your majesty the whole time. Which is funny because she like gave that up. In a theory, gave that whole thing up. And like she's beyond that now. But she still calls him your majesty the whole time. Just in a mocking way. D yeah. <laughs> oh, I do have the notes. Cool. I found it. So the Grandmaster's Tower. It's. The Greek god Ares, Beta Ray Bill, Man-Thing, Bi-Beast, and Hulk. Those are the ones that are on the, the Statue of Champions. So that's cool. And apparently this was the this was the first year that there were three MCU movies. Uh, Guardians, Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok. And it's funny. For th like three years, we got used to that. And then we didn't get a single one. The, the spacing of the movies got real weird there for a while. We got like three, I think we got three afterwards. And then I think in 19, we got, or 18, 18 or 19, I think we got four. I don't remember. I don't know which year, but I think we got four one of those years. And this also marks the longest gap between like sequels. It was Dark World was in 2013. And then four years later, there was a sequel. If we're talking about movies in the in the series that you really don't need to see, Dark World is probably one of them. Yeah, because they kind of explain everything in Dark World in Endgame. Dark World was not good. No, I definitely think that the first one is better than Dark World. I think Dark World's definitely one of the one of their number one blemishes, along with Iron Man Two. But I I still think Dark World is worse than Iron Man Two. But they're definitely like the two worst of the whole series. I'll have to watch them both again and then find out. I think they're all on Disney+. Plus. Maybe one of these days I will do the MCU dive. I'm already doing two other dives this year, and I don't want to add another one to the list. Maybe next year I'll do that. I'm doing the Holy Scott Challenge, which is when I watch all Tony Scott's movies, but I'm doing them backwards, so I'm watching them, the, his last movie to his first movie, and then I'm, gonna do, I'm doing um, all of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Oh, boy. Man, it's been a long time since I've seen a Tarantino movie. I rewatched this week to start the Res Dogs, and it's still really good, but man, is it problematic. 
very problematic, but... It's problematic as fuck. I mean, it's old, I guess, and... Well, it's 90-something, I don't remember. Tarantino has had times where he was problematic in the past with his movies, but... Very. Still good. Still enjoyable. Also, I saw on a tweet after I watched it, and this randomly the universe was like, I'm going to give you this and make you think about the film differently. After I watched Red Dogs, I was on Twitter maybe like a day later, and somebody sent a tweet out and had a picture from like the premiere of it, and it was Harvey Keitel trying to make out with Tim Roth, and they're like, now they are bisexual. And I'm like, wait a minute. They kind of are. Huh. In that movie, if you watch the movie, they're they're really close. And at the end, Harvey, like, they're hugging when they both got shot. When At the end, when, the, like, the Mexican standoff, Harvey shoots Rod Steiger. Is it Rod Steiger? I think it is Rod Steiger. And Chris Penn and gets shot. They are so close. And then Tim Roth tells him that he's the cop. And the look on Keitel's face is like, you just literally broke my heart. Not in just a... Oh, we were buds, but we were more than buds. Broke my heart. What if you happen to watch Reservoir Dogs and watch it with that view? I'm yeah. Now I'm kind of curious to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in years. It's probably been Quentin Tarantino might have accidentally made his lead characters in that movie queer. Interesting. Wild. I never thought about it until I saw the picture. I'm like, yeah, that could that would work. Also, some interesting information that I came upon. This film has four Oscar winners, and it broke the record from Spider-Man Homecoming. So I think Spider-Man Homecoming had, I don't know how many, but it said it broke the record from Spider-Man Homecoming, but I don't know who in Spider-Man Homecoming has an Oscar. RDJR doesn't have one. He's been nominated, but he doesn't have one. That's kind of a shame, too. Keaton's been nominated, and he doesn't have one. Keaton should have one. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to think. Does Favreau have one? Oh, Favreau might have one. Actually? Oh! Gwyneth Paltrow has one! Jesus Christ. Gwyneth Paltrow <laughs> has one. Of all the people in that movie. I'm looking up Favreau right now, because... Of all the people you just listed, she's the one who has one. He's been nominated for Emmys, Saturn Awards... No, I don't think he has one. So who the fuck else in Homecoming? Because in this movie, we've got... Kate Blanchett has two. Anthony Hopkins has one or two. Matt Damon has one, and Taika has one. And then Benedict has been nominated for one, Goldblum's been nominated, and Ruffalo's been nominated. can't believe Goldblum doesn't have one either. There's a lot of people that don't have Oscars that should, and then there's a lot of people that have Oscars that shouldn't. And we could do a whole fucking episode on that shit. All I'm saying is... Why does Sean Penn have two? He does. Sean Penn has two. From what? I want to say Mystic River and something else, but I'm looking it up right now. Huh. Oh, it's Milk. I can't believe Jeff Goldblum doesn't have one. He should. He is an absolute icon, first of all. He really is. He's like, if you think of people in the MCU and when you put the word icon on it, I can only think of two people and one soon to be because he passed. Jeff Goldblum and Samuel L. Jackson. Icons. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then I think Chadwick will be... Oh, he will be, for sure. And in a few years, Chadwick will be icon. Sam and Jeff, who happen to both be in Jurassic Park. (laughs) Also a great movie. But anyway, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, I just... uh, 
if I was living my best life, I would want to be Jeff Goldblum. Like <laughs> everything he does, I'm just like, you know what, man? That's great. That's fantastic. He gets to live his best life in this movie. Think about it. He's the grandmaster. He's kind of the villain, but he's a charismatic villain. And he's also not really the bad guy. He's just the rich dick. And he gets to do what he normally gets to do. He plays the keyboard. <laughs> he says witty and hilariously sarcastic things. He's a little inept. It's great. Incredibly flamboyant. Oh, yeah. Which is perfect for Jeff Goldblum. Mm -hmm. He's wonderful. It, it is a he. It is a he. Yeah. I, I love when you come to visit at 142. You bring me just the, the best stuff. Whenever we get to talking, Topaz, about Scrapper 142, what do I always say? She is the, and it starts with a B. Trash. No, not trash. Were you waiting to just call her that? It doesn't start with a B. Booze heck. Uh, I'm so sorry. No, best. I was I was thinking about best because I always say you're the best. She brought me my beloved champion, you know. You say that every time she's here. What have you brought today? Tell me. A contender. What? I need to go closer. I want to get a closer look at this. Can you take us closer? Thank you. this lady I just wait a damn minute I'm not for sale <laughs> man he's a he's a fighter I take 10 million tell her she's dreaming oh for heaven's sakes transfer the units I know the Grandmaster the Grandmaster's kind of stoic the way he plays it is perfect and he's not dead in theory he can always come back he was so good I know we've once again been talking for like an hour and have barely talked about this movie, but yeah, he, <laughs> he's just so good in that role. Like it's perfect for him. I feel like Taika was thinking about it. And he's like, I'm going to put Jeff in this. There's no one else I'm going to get. I can't find any. I don't have any notes to back that up, but I, I have a feeling that is it. I just can't think of anybody else that you could have put in that role and had them like portray it the way he did. There's no one cool enough. He is the coolest, honestly. I mean, look at him in Jurassic Park. Jesus Christ. He's so goddamn cool. That fucking pose on the table. All you said was that fucking pose, and I had it in my brain. Like I saw it flash before my eyes with his fucking shirt open. <laughs> uh, so good. So good in that movie. After he got attacked by a T-Rex. Drive faster, please. That movie's got fucking iconic people up and down. Oh, shit. Sam Neill's in this. When? Sam Neill's one of the actors in the play. Oh, he is? I'm trying to remember. Sam Neill plays Odin. Oh! Oh, yeah! Holy shit. We got a Jurassic Park connection. Jurassic Park is in everything. <laughs> As it should be. Six degrees of Jurassic Park. Seriously, you could probably find, connect anyone and everyone, especially with fucking Laura Dern. She's been in so many movies with so many people. What's creepy to me about how my film brain works is I, I think Laura Dern, and the first thing I should think of is like Jurassic Park or maybe Last Jedi. No, the first thing I think of is Blue Velvet. That's random, but 
Okay. The first thing I think of Laura Dern is Blue Velvet, probably because people have been like on Twitter have just been spamming with pictures of her and Kyle MacLachlan from like the set of Blue Velvet and premiere pics and shit. So that's probably why. And I really want to revisit that movie because I, as everybody knows, I love Dennis Hopper so much. But I'm thinking like Laura Dern, Blue Velvet, think if you're doing Six Degrees of Jurassic Park, that means she's connected to Kyle MacLachlan, Dennis Hopper, Isabella Rossellini. Those three people could probably reach out and you'll get connected to everyone else, including the man who invented this game, Kevin Bacon. It, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm actually trying to think of who could she connect to Kevin Bacon. And I feel like it's Scarlett Johansson. I feel like Scarlett Johansson and Kevin Bacon were in a movie together. And that's how you connect them. But I can't put my finger on it. We, I, I made so many notes and we talked about half of this shit. <laughs> This 80s buddy comedy, sci-fi buddy comedy. Oh, that that drinking game that I sent you? Oh, yeah. I looked at it, and when I did the rewatch, I was like, holy... I'd be dead by the end of this movie. In the first five minutes... So, hold on. Let's, let me pull up the... Yeah, you pull it up, because when you sent me it, I told you, you'd be dead. And while you're looking for it, when I say 80s buddy comedy, comedy Taika said some films that influenced the, this movie were Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, 48 Hours, with Nail and I, Midnight Run, Plane Strains and Automobiles, and Big Trouble in Little China. Only one of those movies was made not made in the 80s, and that was Butch and Sundance. All the others are like 80s comedy dramas or 80s action comedies, buddy cop movies. So the list is, you drink when someone says Thor... Someone says Asgard, Valkyrie drinks, anyone travels through a portal, another Marvel film is referenced, or there's slow motion. The first, and I shit you not, like five minutes of the movie, when Thor is in the cage and just hanging there and like talking, for one, his whole first monologue is him talking about everything that's happened to him leading up to that point, so it's just an ongoing series of other Marvel film references one after the other and then the i can't think of his name the the fiery monster thing there Surter. comes in yes calls him by name like three different times in their conversation and they talk about asgard a bunch and reference asgard probably like five or six different times by name so it's like in five minutes you even if you were just doing like take a sip of your drink you'd be through your first drink it's wild <laughs> Yeah, you'd be dead. The amount of times someone says Thor or someone says Asgard, the amount of times people say Asgard would kill you. Everyone in the cast says it at least five to six times in the first like half an hour. Even Goldblum's Grandmaster tries to say he's like Asgard. <laughs> Asgard? Yeah. yeah, it's Asgard. I just... I. I... When I started watching the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, no, no that is not going to be a thing because I choose life. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not calling 911 if you were to venture into that because I'm, I told you you'd be dead. I knew because yeah. I've seen the movie enough that I was like, you'd be dead. Like reading through it and like having not seen the movie in a little bit, I'm like, OK, yeah, that sounds like you'd be pretty drunk. But then you sit down and you watch the movie again and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, oh can't remember 
there's a movie where they say the character's name a million times and gets memed all the time, but I can't remember what the fuck it was. It's a recent movie. Also, something funny, uh, can, another movie connection along with Jurassic Park is you have at least four people have been in Star Trek movies. Urban is McCoy in the new Star Trek f- series. Hemsworth was George Kirk in the new Star Trek series. Yeah. Cumberbatch was Khan. And Khan! Idris, and Idris Elba was uh, Crawl and Beyond. And then Clancy Brown, who does the voice of Surtur, was in an episode of Star Trek Enterprise. I don't think I've ever seen Beyond, I think. Beyond's actually pretty good. It's the third one, and they kind of split the team up, so they crash land on a planet, and they're Eldra's the bad guy, but they split the crew up, and what you get is Bones is with Spock, and Spock gets injured, and their back and forth is just absolutely mm, chef's kiss. Yeah, honestly, it sounds like it would be enjoyable. Chekhov is with Kirk, and it's great because you get to let Anton Yelchin rest in peace. I love rest you. in peace, Anton. He gets a really, really good evolution of his character, and it's really nice to see. And then they put the handsome John Cho with Zoe Saldana's character, Ahura. So they split them up, and like because the they get it. I think the the ship gets attacked and they crash and they split them up for most of the movie. And then I'm like the third act, they put the crew back together, but it's really nice to see them separated in like a different outside of their normal when they get separated. Cause usually when they get separated, it's Kirk with bones and Spock. And then, um, Chekhov is with Simon Pegg's character. I can't remember Scotty. And then, yep. but it, it, it's actually pretty good. I, I I enjoyed it. I think I saw it. In the, I actually went to theaters to see it, but it's pretty good. I have. What's funny is you haven't seen Beyond. I've not seen Into Darkness, so I haven't seen Cumberbatch's Con. I thought he was good. I mean, so I I will preface this with another gonna lose my nerd card statement, but I have probably in my life seen all of maybe five grand total episodes of Star Trek ever of any kind. I have never watched Star Trek, but I saw the first two movies. I enjoyed them. I have no frame of reference for like how well done or poorly done they were or like how the fandom feels about them or anything, but I enjoyed them. I thought they were fun. I just have no, nothing to compare them to. So I'm kind of with you on that and kind of not. I'm not a fan of Trek. I've always been a Star Wars fan, but I've seen every single Trek movie. I've seen all the uh, first like the first show first series and i've seen some of next generation other ones because my mom is a huge trekkie she loves loves star trek so i grew up with all of that i never really liked the original films i I get their nostalgic i get the characters and like that the new films like the two ones i've seen the, the original or star trek 2009 and then beyond i really really like I like the way they did it. I like the characters. I like the cast they have. And if they decide to, you know, make another one, I hope they bring that cast back and not reboot it again. Right. Or do like a whole new cast. I hope they bring that cast back and give them like one more film, even though Anton's gone, which sucks. You don't need to recast Anton. You can just 
say he died or say he's off world somewhere and put in a character that's kind of like Anton Chekhov. But I really hope they get another another film because I really liked the ones I've seen. And I'm I'll, I'm sure I'll probably like Into Darkness. And I already know the twist anyway. It's not a big deal to me. Yeah, you know, Benedict Cucumber Patch, whatever. I thought he was pretty good. I like him. I like him as an actor, and I think he's perfect for Doctor Strange. His Doctor Strange, as I, I was a big fan of Doctor Strange, but his portrayal of Doctor Strange has made Doctor Strange a favorite character of mine now. I'm like, I was Doctor before his Doctor Strange. I was probably like Doctor Strange was like maybe top fifteen for me. Now Doctor Strange is like a top ten character for me. Like I love everything about Doctor Strange. And in Ragnarok, like. He's only in the movie for a couple of minutes, but it's like peak strange. Like he's, he's the biggest dick to Thor, and it's great. He's just such a smartass for that entire scene. <laughs> it is so fucking funny. And like the look on his face when Thor reaches out for the hammer, and you can just hear it smashing through everything in the building on its way down. And Strange is just like. Jesus Christ. Exactly. And then <laughs> and uh, Loki's going to stand there and try and fight him. And he just sends them both away. And Loki falls again. I have been falling for, for 30, 30 minutes. It is one of my favorite lines. I don't know why it's so funny to me, but that will never stop being funny. And that got me so excited. I remember when I saw this in theaters, that got me so excited for Strange to meet Tony. And their fucking banter back and forth is in Infinity War is just so good. They're just like personality-wise on just like a flat personality level, like very similar. Oh yeah. Like there was no way they ever would get like, really get along. You know, like they they accept each other and they get along, but they're they're never gonna be like best friends or anything because they will just be too busy fucking roasting each other the whole time. <laughs> Exactly. It's not going to be like Tony and Bruce or Tony and Cap. It's Strange is on a different level. And I think I'm trying to think of who's going to be who will be the like balance to Strange. I know that uh, Wanda's in the second Doctor Strange, but I don't think it's going to be a balance. I, th I think what they're going to do is what they're going to what they've done in the comics is they're going to um, he's going to be the new mentor for Peter. I think he's going to show up in Spider-Man 3, and I think Spider-Man's going to show up in Multiverse of Madness. I think he's going to be the new Tony for Peter. That that would make sense. That seems right. That's how it is in the comics. Like, in the comics, one of Peter's main mentors is Stephen Strange. It's not Tony Stark. They did that for the movies because, you know, RDJR put him in everything because if we don't, the movie's not going to do well, which is bullshit, but still... It's kind of true, too, because every movie he's in just blasted the box office, no matter what it was, if it was his own Iron Man movies or if it was Civil War. I'm going to be excited if they do that, if they go that way, where it's Peter being somewhat mentored by Steven, because they're not actually they're Speaking of New York superhero characters, they're closer to each other than Tony and Peter are, because Tony's like in like upper Manhattan and... I think Stephen and Peter are in the Bronx, or at least Stephen's somewhere near the Bronx, and then Cap's from Queens. Man, I forget that they're like all from New York. Well, it's because of uh, Stanley. 
Right. We love you, Stan. Rest in peace, Stan. Because goddamn, his cameo's fucking great in this. It is. <laughs> so you're not gonna cut my hair, please, sir. Don't cut my hair. <laughs> I love that that part in the when they when they bring Thor in and he's screaming and then they they like pan out and he's just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing pure imagination from Willy Wonka while he's going through that, and I'm like, that's hilarious. Dude, the whole soundtrack, I don't know how we have not mentioned this yet, the soundtrack to this movie is one of the best soundtracks in the series. Done by Mark Mothersbaugh, who is one of the uh, lead guys from Devo. He does soundtracks, and he usually puts that like 80s feel into it. And the film feels straight up like a 80s sci-fi movie. I maintain that the soundtrack in Guardians is the best, but this is real close gun got all those songs like all of those songs and they all fit perfectly because of the way uh, star lord is and the characters themselves that's what uh, made me kind of makes me kind of upset about marvel movies like with the guardian films and with this like why don't you use more licensed music it's your comic book movies go for broke man we're still gonna take them seriously Right, I think, I mean, you don't have to fill the movie with it necessarily, but like, Immigrant Song in this movie is so well, like, that's so perfect. Just give me like three or four needle drops in a a movie. Good needle drops. And you don't need new songs. Use old shit. Like, exactly, like Immigrant Song is perfect for this. I guess I was reading Taika made a, like, teaser video for the film when he was trying to get hired for it. And he used the immigrant song, and it just stuck. It fits so well there. Like he wanted to, if Queen was like together and Freddie Mercury was still alive, he wanted Queen to do the soundtrack, kind of like they did for um, Flash Gordon, which would have been fucking iconic. Damn the Flash Gordon soundtrack. Flash Gordon soundtrack's amazing. Taking me back, holy shit. And also, I love that movie, but that soundtrack is. Oh, fucking amazing and if freddie was alive and did the soundtrack for this it would have been the movie would have been like we would be talking about this movie as just in general a classic i mean i still think it's one of the best mcu movies and it's definitely no question the funniest there is no movie funnier than this movie for the mcu movies there's just so many like little things in it even that i, I like never stop being funny to me the he's a friend from work one of the funniest lines that I forgot about is when Thor is flying Grandmaster's ship, he hits a button and Banner asks him, were they talking about orgies? And Thor goes, yeah, don't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> the the whole strongest Avenger. That's really funny to me. And the, like the way that they repeatedly roast Tony Stark in this movie. And he's not even in the movie. He's, the man is not even there to defend himself, and they just repeatedly roast him, and it's so funny. Like Tony wears his pants. What are you doing? Tony wears his stuff so tight. Tony wears his pants so tight. Or when they uh, figure out the password is point break, and he's yeah. just like, Jesus, Tony. <laughs> he, I'm pretty sure he called him that in the, the first Avengers movie. Yeah, he did. He calls him point break, and he's just like, fucking Tony. <laughs> also, the film made me realize that Outside of Tony and Hulkbuster, the person that's always fighting Hulk is Thor. 
I'm and I'm glad that we got like a lot of banner, like more Bruce than Hulk in the movie too. I think we got a good mix because there's a decent amount of Hulk before Banner shows up. And I mean, and Hulk as Hulk is is also pretty fucking funny. But yeah, like compared to a lot of the other movies where like Banner is very much like a side character, I like that he was a more more of a focus in this one because he, he's a really good character. I think Mark Ruffalo does a great job with him and he's actually like low key real funny. <laughs> he just isn't telling like flat out jokes. So it's like less obvious, but he's always dealing with the situations around him and him dealing with the situations around him being how intelligent he is makes it really funny. And he feels very much like he's like the viewer insert sometimes was when he's like it comes to the realization that he's on some like fucking off world planet and he's just like what is going on this is the also the first time that the uh, hulk wasn't voiced by lou ferrigno the original hulk the first um so lou ferrigno does the voice of hulk in the incredible hulk avengers and ultron and then uh Ruffalo takes over because we get hulk actual hulk hulk in this movie not just Brr. we get because hulk can talk yeah it's it's more than just hulk smash like he says a lot more than hulk smash when he's in the hulk form and then of course in in game we get smart hulk. Uh, blah, blah. smart hulk i also forgot until the rewatch about the scene where he's just like walking around with his dick out <laughs> there was just like please like i said the lewd jokes in this movie there's a lot of them Thor's like, uh, that can't be unseen. Yeah, I cannot never unsee what I've seen here today. Yeah, there's Hulk butt in this movie. Yep. All the monster fuckers got their moment. I'm sure they were very happy about it. They got their fan service. Yay, we got Hulk butt. Final thoughts. Where in your favorite MCU movies would you put this? Um, for sure, probably top five could potentially be eh, i don't know if i would say top three but for sure top five like infinity war endgame were just both so good and so emotional that i can't really be sure i can put anything above them but then after that dr strange was really good black panther was really good this one was really good so i i could say top five definitely i don't know if i could say top three though not to piss off the mcu fan base but for me, I love this movie, but it's t only top 10 for me. It's definitely high. It's like not low top 10. It may be like seven. My top five is Unshakable and Unbreakable. Homecoming's my favorite. Then Endgame. Then Marvel, Strange, and shit. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Homecoming, Endgame, Winter Soldier, Marvel, Strange. Those are my five, and it's not going to break. And then after that, six would probably be BP, and then I'd probably put this at seven, and then Infinity at eight. That's fair. Because, I mean, a lot of the ones, you know, like I said, it is the only really funny one. Well, I mean, Guardians is pretty funny, too. but And Homecoming is funny, too. Yeah. But I think this is the f outside. If you're going for straight comedy, this is this is the funniest. Right. This one was obviously intended to be a comedy, where a lot of the comedy, even in Guardians, like... It's not a straight-up comedy. There is a lot of serious stuff in it. Just Star-Lord is a fucking idiot. 
And Drax is just amazing. <laughs> Drax is... Uh, I still think, like, probably two of my favorite Guardians-related moments, which aren't even in Guardians movies, really. One, Bucky and, and Rocket. Oh, yeah. In, in Infinity War. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Bucky picking up Rocket and swinging him around while they both just fire in opposite directions. I don't know why that was so good to me, but I loved that. Rocket really wants the arm, you know, like, that's really funny to me. And the whole scene when Thor is asleep and they're just like, like when he, they first find him and uh, they just keep touching him and he's like a beautiful space pirate. And then he wakes up and all Star-Lord can do is try and imitate him. And they all call him out for it. <laughs> Star-Lord does typical man things and has to be like the manlier man. Well, he's standing next to a god. <laughs> yeah. It's funny to me when I first think of Guardians, the first moment I that comes in my head that I can remember that makes me just happy is the prison break in one when Rocket is on Groot's shoulder shooting that machine gun at everyone and screaming. Yeah, Rocket is my favorite Guardian, without question. Bradley Cooper is amazing. I, I, I think I said this on the last, the previous episode about I brought up Bradley Cooper for some reason. Bradley Cooper is a fantastic actor. He's a good dude, and he makes really good choices when he makes movies. Yeah, and he's like, he's not even in the movie. <laughs> like, you know, he's he's just the voice, but it, it's a such a good voice, and like he does such a good job for what Rocket is. And, like, how he should be portrayed. And he's just such a fun character. I relate. I relate. I, I just also want to, you know, take things apart and be a sarcastic asshole all the time. <laughs> I love it. I can relate to his anger. Yeah, lots of lots of anger there. I, I hope that Thor 4, I hope it's not just what the set photos we've seen. Because we've only seen, like, uh, Nebula, Mantis, and... Star-Lord, I hope the rest of the crew is in it as well. I hope it's not just part of the Guardians. I hope it's all of the Guardians and then Thor. Yeah, and I and I like Thor and Rocket too together. I think that's also a fun pair. Like, I think their whole Thor, Rocket, and Groot, that whole segment of Infinity War is fantastic. Oh, and when they realize that he understands Groot. <laughs> yeah. I believe that he's... I think during that conversation, he he says that he understands just about every language i think so and it makes sense because he's a he's a god right it, it makes sense for him to speak a lot of languages it's just really funny when they're like you understand him he's like well yeah obviously this movie like we said if you haven't seen thor ragnarok do yourself a favor make some popcorn in your microwave grab a few brewskis sit down and have a good time and a good laugh it's definitely just a sit down and have a good time movie. Like I said, there's not a lot in it that is super relevant to the storyline. You could probably, well, I don't think you could miss it entirely, but like a lot of it's not super relevant to the story. You don't have to pay super close attention to anything that's going on. It's really fun. The action sequences and the fight scenes, all good. Immigrant Song makes it great. Korg, we didn't even talk about Korg. He's also like one of the funniest parts of the movie. I couldn't remember when I was going through the cast list. I'm like, Taika's in it, but I can't remember his character's name. Korg. Korg and then his buddy Meek. Uh, me and my buddy Meek. He's great. 
<laughs> just a little rock paper scissors joke for you it's got so many good good like moment joke moments that you could take out of context and they're still funny and it it balances serious and funny very well because you get the moment for me that i can explain that is best is thor and loki talking in the elevator and thor basically telling him that he loves him as a brother but he knows that he's an asshole mm-hmm. and then he goes we should do get help <laughs> we're not doing get help we're not doing get help no, no we should get get help it's great no i hate get help it's embarrassing we're not doing get help and then the elevator opens and there's like get help and you're like oh poor loki my brother's hurt get help or when uh when they like catch loki and thor just keeps throwing shit at him because he always throws stuff at the illusions to because he like wants to see if it's an illusion and i thought it was a nice touch that he like threw something at it and it was loki and he just kept throwing stuff at him yeah <laughs> i forgot about that oh that's right bef- that's right after they thor comes up with so what's his team called uh the revengers because we're getting revenge that whole sequence where banner where we get to see the main the four main characters of the film together is just really really good oh also how could i forget the valkyrie and loki fight yeah that was a good one all the action scenes, Taika does really well with the action scenes. They're all really good. The The Thor-Hulk battle in the arena is like, the them battling on the ship in Avengers is good. The battle in this movie is great. I love the, the callback to when Hulk just smashed Loki into the ground repeatedly, and then he did the same thing to Thor, and Loki's just like, now you know how it feels! He's so scared, too, because he doesn't realize who the champion is. And and when it they announce it's Hulk, it's Hulk. He's like ready to just run. Oh, this is such a good movie. Yeah, it really is. And very memeable and very quotable. Super quotable. And I've seen a lot of memes about it still to this day, three years after it came out. I, I see TikToks like memeing on it to this day. I think there's a whole generation of film goers that haven't really gotten into the MCU and they're doing it now because of quarantine and shit. When we get out of quarantine and we have a whole new world, a whole new world, I think the MCU is just going to prosper very well. I think it's one of those, you know, things that it's a, a whole universe and it's very like daunting if now that it's, you know, quote complete to like try and get into it but like i said it's not it's nice that most of the movies can stand alone and you don't necessarily need to watch every single one in order it looks daunting but it's a very easy universe to like dive into because you could just pick whatever seems most appealing or whatever character seems most appealing and go with that and then work from there and it probably won't make that big of a difference to your like overall experience once you've seen them all as long as you see Infinity War and Endgame last, the rest of it really doesn't matter. I like the word you used, daunting. That's that's a good one. I think it can seem confusing, but once you figure it all out, it's actually not. I actually think compared to another series that I actually love, it's a less confusing. Like I could go on about the Fast and Furious series and trying to put their fucking timeline together because it's a goddamn mess. I'm convinced that timeline makes no sense, but (laughs) it's really hard to, like, understand that timeline. So you're telling me the third movie in the series is actually 
one of the last movies in this series, and it's happening at the same time as these other... What the fuck? Yeah. But I love those movies. It's a real weird timeline there. But yeah, I I, I think Star Wars is kind of the same way where, like, it's a lot of... I mean, it's not as many movies, but it's a lot of movies, and that could look daunting if you don't really know anything about star wars or whatever but most of them stand on their own as well and you don't necessarily need to watch them in or they weren't even released in order you don't need to watch them in order they're now the now that series and the fast and furious series both have the same amount of movies nine because like what i always confuse the names of the newer ones but is it rogue one that's like actually the first movie oh shit i forgot about those fuck that there's more than that yeah my bad there's rogue one there's Solo. I think that's it. Oh, I forgot about Solo. I actually haven't seen that either. I don't know how I haven't seen that. Solo's actually pretty good. Don't let the people that said it was bad influence you. It's actually pretty good. And you know that bombshell of news I talked about? Mm-hmm. It somehow came out of this because Donald Glover is Lando in Solo, and his robot is voiced by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Damn. Yeah, so somehow Star Wars gave us what could be the most kick-ass, awesome team-up remake of Mr. and Mrs. Smith that I could have ever pictured. Like, I could have never in my lifetime thought I would want Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge in a Mr. and Mrs. Smith remake. But now that I'm getting it, I need that shit in my eyes right the fuck now. I love Donald Glover, and and what a what a Lando. Like, what a good choice for Lando. Lando is pan. Lando is pan. Yeah, like, you couldn't tell that from just watch him in the old movies. You can't just tell that that man will fuck literally anything. Like, <laughs> he's got that vibe. Like Billy D is pan. And that's how it, it came. It just, his vibe came off in Lando. And it's great. And now it's canon. Because, like... Man, the swagger on Lando. Lando got swagger. Especially, you got swagger when your buddy and one of your best friends is fucking Han Solo, and you have the swagger enough to turn him into fucking Vader? That's balls, dude. Yeah, and like, that's why I, I can't even believe that I forgot about Han, and I forgot about the movie, because like, man, I love me some Han Solo. Solo's a good movie. It's I think it's still on Netflix, maybe, or it might have finally moved to Disney Plus. I'll have to check Disney Plus. Check one of it was one of those two. And we're getting an Obi Wan show. I can't fucking wait for Obi Wan. And Hayden Christensen's coming back as Darth Vader. This is gonna be mm-hmm. fucking amazing. And it's uh, what's his face as Obi Wan? Yeah. Yeah, Ewan's coming back as Obi Wan. They wanted to do so originally. They wanted to do an Obi Wan movie. And then that fell through. And then they were going to do a series. And then they thought the series was going to fall through. But it actually didn't. So we're actually getting that series. Which makes me so happy. Because one, I, you know how much I love you. And mm-hmm. Who doesn't? Look at him. Daddy Juan Kenobi. Daddy Juan Kenobi. For real. Since we've been talking about it so much. We should do a fucking. We should figure out some kind of. Something to do for a Star Wars episode. And do a Star Wars episode. 
I was literally just thinking the same thing. Like, I have also a lot of thoughts about Star Wars, and I don't even know if we had would pick a specific one. I don't know, because it's kind of like tar- talking about a Marvel movie. Like, it's hard to focus on just one movie, even if that's the movie you're talking about. I think we could pick a movie and just and just flow with it like we did with this episode. Maybe, maybe I should watch Rise of the Skywalker, and we'll pick that so we can... Well, no, because that'll just turn into trashing on Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, I, I don't want to... I, I try and keep the podcast on a pos- movies that I like that I don't want to rip apart at the seams because mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, I will just tear a new asshole. We could do... We could fucking do Solo. True. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could make that the next one. We have all the information after Solo. It's just the stuff that happens in Solo and it leads to a bunch of stuff that happens after Solo and... That would be the jumping off point and then go from there. Man, some of those movies, too, I haven't seen in for like, that's a series I should rewatch because I haven't seen a lot of the Star Wars movies in so long. I haven't seen the prequels in forever. Uh, the prequels are the worst. They really are. But they have each movie has two or three moments. They have moments. I think the the biggest failing of the prequels is that they were, I say the prequels, but we know which ones we mean because there's a lot of prequels now. They're written so bad. That's on Lucas. The writing in them is just terrible, and I think that's the biggest failing. Like, Hayden Christensen is not that bad of an actor, but holy shit, I hate Anakin. (laughs) He's just written so bad, and Natalie Portman is written so bad, and she shouldn't have been. She should have been a badass. Like, so many opportunities to write the characters so much better because you had actors that would have been able to do it. And should have been able to do it, but they can only work with what they're given. You had you had a film, a sci-fi epic action adventure film, where you had Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman, Samuel Jackson, and Christopher fucking Lee. And you made it one of the worst movies to ever hit cinema. Honestly. <laughs> like Attack of the Clones is so bad. You had how, Lucas, how do you take the amazing Christopher Lee and not make him this fearsome fucking villain? That's what I mean. Like, at every step, you had these characters and you had the actors and they could have been so much better. And then you just wrote them terrible. And I hate it. I feel like he did it on purpose. But that's another story. Yeah, we should do a Star Wars movie. Yeah, we're going to do a Star Wars movie. We'll figure that out. Got lots of thoughts on the whole series. So where can the listeners find you? At Zimmy Cakes, with a Z at the end, Z-I-M-M-Y-C-A-K-E-Z, on basically everything, Instagram, Twitter. There's a Facebook now. I'm not great about keeping up the Facebook because I don't keep up with Facebook a whole lot anyway. But Instagram and Twitter, I'm on all the time for sure. Twitch streams have been back. I'm actually streaming again now that I have, like, time and, you know, my mental health plummet from covid is uh recovered so streams are happening again usually twice a week at least if not more now i think excellent and their twitch streams are really really good like the shit that happened last night during phobia <laughs> blew my fucking mind so you all should definitely check out their twitch streams watching them all but if they're doing phasmophobia that's one you need to grab a beer and just take two hours out of your day and your evening and sit down with them because you're gonna get some gold 
You're going to laugh for sure. <laughs> Definitely at my expense, but it's okay. You guys know where to find me. I've said before, I'll say it again. I'm Johnny Freak on all platforms. The show is I Love Movies. You should too on all platforms. We also now have a Facebook. It doesn't get updated as much as the Twitter and the Instagram, but it's there. Just look it up on Facebook and you'll be able to find it. You know, we're on Anchor, our home. We're on Spotify and we are on Apple Podcasts. So we'd just like to say... We love movies. You should too. And we'll see you next episode. Bye. Odin's treasures. Fake. Most of the stuff in here is fake. Weak. Smaller than I thought it would be. That's not bad.